everybody it's that time of the week again bitch it's another episode of old school new school comedy podcast when did you just meet me yeah i know (laughs) and i am your host christy miller and we are coming to you sort of live from the comic strip live here in new york city and uh i know i say this all the time but this person is a very special person to me we go way back she is another old school you know i i really love her we've been friends forever since i started and i've always looked up to her and she's the creator and producer of showtime's funny woman of a certain age had three specials out phenomenal hysterical and uh, I get to call her friend. Oh, I know. They're making me want to vomit right there. Right, right. say you're making me sick. <laughs> but uh, also a tr- uh, an amazing writer, comic producer, Miss Carol Montgomery. Hello, everyone. Baby. Hi, babes. How are you? I'm, I am I am absolutely thrilled to be here with you. You know I love talking. Are you, though? I am. <laughs> I am. I do that. I <laughs> Actually, I am. I'm out of the house, so that's a, that's a good thing for me. The win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah. So um, things are going, you know, pretty. What? Oh, oh, she's touching me. Oh, I'm gonna move this because your neck's digging into it, and you'll sound garbled. Okay. Look at her. She's so. She's such. She's so good. Am I though? <laughs> By the way, uh, I uh, speaking of all this tech stuff, I joined TikTok. Uh oh. I know. Dun dun dun. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing on TikTok. Somebody goes, Are you going to do twerking videos? And I was like, If I start twerking, I'll pull out my back. So that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I know. I don't know. Because somebody said do it. And so I went, I'll do it. Yeah. I uh, I was on TikTok and, you know, I, I put the podcast clips on there and they were doing pretty well. Nothing great, but they do, they do well. And then I started putting my stand-up on there. Right. And they're like, um, this goes against community standards. Wow. And I'm like, what? what? Like, all the shit I see on TikTok and I'm offended? Wow. Wow. But I think what it is, is I noticed that they kept sending me messages to Promote. pay to boost your videos. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I go, oh, so people are, now that you've, you know, pushed everybody else out in the beginning right. now you're making people pay oh absolutely to get your videos seen oh absolutely i don't have time for this shit right. so and then they would shadow ban it and i'm just like you know what i just deleted the account i just i can't I, instagram treats me well facebook treats me well well facebook unfortunately is my demographic so right is my demographic so so find me on facebook <laughs> find me on aol chat <laughs> yeah, AOL. wow wow now we're going back yeah right. yep yeah about craigslist eh? <laughs> um, oh my god remember the one ads back when we were kids well, the, the dating the the singles ads single and single girl and, and yeah you're looking at a fucking newspaper ad <laughs> You just brought me. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I'm old too, girl. Yeah, I know you are. Not as old as me, though. So I, I beat you on that. Oh, fucking love. So you created Funny Women of a Certain Age because, again, us women, you know, of a certain age don't get as much love, I should say, in, in a polite way in the club scene as the young kids do. 
Yeah, I mean, that was part of it. But, I, you know, as I was getting older, you know, I'm 65 now, and uh, I know my skin looks great. You semen. Okay, so um, uh, as I, I just realized that the, the market for older people it's always been a small market. Yeah. But I, I, I used to say, even when I was in my 40s, demographic, you're, you're, you're missing a huge demographic because we're the ones that have the, the disposable income. The kids at the regular TV stage, you know, like TV networks that the, mm-hmm. the covered the 18 to 35. Right. They don't have the money. They're asking their parents for money. So why not market to the older people who have the money? And slowly, very slowly, they are starting to, I, I think it's starting to change. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, we were lucky enough to get the show on the air because, as you know, yeah. the first special was Showtime's highest-rated comedy special, 2019. People started to really go, wow, oh, there, there are, these women aren't just tossed aside. Yeah, and it's also, it's like people forget, like, these young comics, they all want to book these up-and-coming comics just in case they do something. You've been doing it, Christy, for 28 years. You're kind of washed up. You're never going to make it. If you haven't made it now, this is what someone told me. You're too old for our club, and you've been doing it for so long that you haven't made it yet, so you're probably never going to make it, so why waste time on you? And I'm thinking, well, I have life experience. I have 28 years of stand-up under my belt. I blow smoke away from these fucking kids. I have to save the show when I go up and bring it back to a normal comedy room. Right. And it's like, but yeah, you're too old. You don't relate. Really? Okay. But it's so funny, the stigma that older people have. Oh, and especially older women in stand-up. I'm sorry. I know your show was a phenomenal breakthrough, and it showed people, the regular people, that, yeah, women don't just get older and die and win right. our way. We right. have some funny shit to say. We have a lot to say. And we have an outlook on life that these kids wouldn't have. But we, you know, and it's just a fun thing to Holy shit, her perspective is amazing. Like, I never thought of that. Yeah, but, you know, and one of the things I was proudest about with the specials, because I know you were at a couple of them, um, mm-hmm. half of the audience was millennials. They, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was. this is just because it's called women of a certain age, and for, it's geared for women over 50 and men over 50. When I go on stage now, you know me, I'm very honest about my age. I, t- I immediately say, Yeah, me too. And the, and the kids in the audience are like this. <gasps> Tell us, oh, we want to hear your wisdom. So when you hear a booker say that, first of all, they're a shitty booker. Yeah, that's well, they were. And um, that's just an excuse because they're probably trying to book the younger women because they figure that they ha- can mal- they're more malleable and they're more apt to take, let's say, a sexist comment or an inappropriate or less pay or less pay Mm -hmm. but they you know you know i mean you know that when we were younger and and hotter not that we aren't now but let's be honest so um (laughs) you know how how we were hit on yeah oh and and like you know i was really lucky because i i was i was pretty much with my husband from the beginning of my career so that i guess there was some kind of bro rule because they were like we can't really touch carol because she's married but but that has that that still comes into it. Like, well, I'll blow you, and uh, well, can I get a spot yet? Well, I'll give you like, uh, I'll give you the last spot. They, you, you could blow somebody, and you wouldn't even get a good spot. I know you get the check spot, really. Check spot. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it, so I, I I'm I'm proud of the show because I know that it has broken barriers. I know that, you know, because of my show, like Hacks, probably, which is on HBO Max, 
that probably wouldn't have happened. I mean, yep. because people were like, wait a minute, you know, and, and the first Drescher, as you know, was Fran Drescher, who was the president of Screen Actors Guild now. And um, so I, I, I think the first one especially broke broke a lot of barriers. But every day, we're still dealing with it. Every, every yeah. goddamn day. Every day. I actually... This is gonna sound bad, but I stopped playing, stopped calling in avails at clubs here. Oh, I, I could. I'm done. I'm yeah, done. Yeah. I'm so done. I just do independent rooms or independent shows because they pay, right? And they respect, and then I get more stage time, right? Or I just go on the road because it's like I'm not, I'm not fighting four year olds for stage time. But also the thing about what's well, hard because they look at me like, who are you, old lady? Right. You know, and they well, whenever they do that, I said, well, we can do a little thing like, I'll go on first. And then you can follow me. Oh, I do it all the time. Uh, yeah, and then I usually go, they go, oh, maybe not. I don't want to do that. I'm afraid. You know, um, but you, first of all, the independent rooms are the better rooms anyway. And you remember, because we go back so much, mm -hmm. that in the old days, like at the comedy store and at the improv in Hollywood, you didn't put in three months of avails. No, put, you, you put it weekly. Right. You called on Monday. You gave your avails Tuesday through Sunday. He yep. called you on Tuesday. You had your spots. Yep. When people say to me, I need to know you, like, what, what is it now? It's November. Uh, I need to know your avails for the first three months of 2024. I said, I could be dead in 2024. Right. Why are you asking me for my avails? Because even when I put in my avails, I usually, like you, get road work. So yeah, and, and then I have to cancel shit. Yeah, yeah, and then the spot. Yeah, because like the, yeah, in the old days, we would call in every week. Like, what are you available this week? It was right. great because, right. you know, but then again, it was L.A. It was Mitzi Shore. It was Bud Friedman. And right. the fact that. They knew people were in and out of town all the time or working on television shows or movies and stuff. So who was available that week? And Mitzi liked to handpick who was on her lineups. Right. And, you know, Scott Day, the talent coordinator at the time, he would just tender the lists. Right. And he'd say, I want these people. Who was available tonight? And then right. you like, this one, oh, fuck him. You know? The, right, right. You know, exactly. or, oh, good, put him on 815. Yeah. Good. You know? Yeah. But, we always have to do Mitzi Shore's voice. <laughs> Rest in peace, Mitzi. But uh, but but the other thing is is when we were really it is so funny because I really this is how I know I'm aging myself because I go you know what I was in the beginning of stand up but the fact is there weren't as many people no. there's eight billion there's eight billion people who are stand ups yeah. now and we didn't have the internet. No. That didn't even exist. No, no. Like our idea of putting up a status or an Eventbrite link was putting flyers on windshields. Right. Yes. Or going yeah. to friends' houses and giving them tickets. Hey, come to my show. Right. You know, we would take tickets. I was saying earlier on another episode, like Mitzi had those two for one yeah, laminate tickets. I remember those. And we would take those to all the hotels. Right. To the concierge and say, just give these to your guests. Right. They just need bodies in the room. Right. And we didn't have you know, social media and reels and TikToks and but also we didn't and YouTube to put ourselves out there. We just had to be good. Right. Oh, and it was word of mouth. Right. And if you were good, it got around. Right. Through the whole circuit, you were good. And then you would like, people would like call, call your landline. And if you weren't home, it didn't matter because they'd leave a message. Right. You know, right. nobody was freaking out. Yeah. And, and the other thing about, first of all, I, it's funny that you said the thing about you had to be good is I, I just, uh, I posted something about this is that you know all you had to do when because we were doing comedy in the 80s and the 90s was be good you didn't have to be a video editor you didn't nope. have to know social media you didn't have to be a PR person all you had because and and the, one of the great things about touring with this show is 
there isn't any of that. No. Like, you know, like when we like we did a show in San Francisco and we sold it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't do any public. I mean, we all, you know, because the women on the show, we all do social media because that's what's expected nowadays. But it was sold out because the theater did its job. Here's your novel. Oh, weird. Sold the tickets because they know. So now all of a sudden you've got like lazy bookers that are saying shit to you about that. They're like, we don't have to do anything. You have to promote and you have to promote and you have to promote. You know, here's an idea. Maybe you should do your job. Yeah. Maybe. Remember back, you know, when Caroline's on Broadway was the club. Yep. Greg Charles, the head of publicity, who I love, that's I, I love him so much. They had a connection with Hot 97. Right. You know, and the comics coming in that weekend, they were booked on the radio, and then right. all of a sudden that whole weekend would be sold out. Right. You know, because they did their job. They knew how to market. They knew how to do it. And there's clubs, like, I started seeing the downfall around 2008, 2009. Remember when Ashton Kutcher had Twitter, and he was the first guy to get a million followers. Right. Oh, yeah. And that's when all the club bookers went, oh. And everybody was freaking out. A million followers. Right, right, and right. But now the Kardashians have like 100, 200 million, 700 yeah. million followers. Like, ugh. I'm surprised they're not doing stand-up. That's coming. And that's coming. The Kardashian comedy tour. I'm sure. Oh, I'm, yeah. the, they should do Kardashian comedy club. The, ah, the KKK. Don't give, don't give, don't. K- no. Okay, don't give yeah. me any ideas. No, I'm giving them an idea because Chris Jenner, Momager, hi, let's open it up, let's book it, let's rock it. I want to be, man- I just want Chris Jenner to manage my life. Oh, I, I know. She, I mean, wh- whatever you think of, of those women, um, the mother is a genius. I, I, the mother I, is the genius behind us. She's the man behind the curtain, oh, and Kim is the wizard head. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, look at me. I'm so pretty. And here's Kim with the control. <laughs> Fucking disgust. So jealous. I, you know, I'm. You know, I. I, I think after all these years, because I, 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 I'm overdue. I'm doing stand up over forty years now. Congratulations. This, thank you. Like I like to say on stage, I could have killed two people by now and been out of jail. Okay. So uh, the thing, though, about what all I like, I, I don't really care about fame at this point. I really don't. I want. I want. I want to be. I want to be financially stable. Yep. Uh, you know, I want to, you know, the the fame, I could care. I, I, I like the fact that I just walked in there. I have no makeup on. I did put deodorant on because I didn't want to kill my friend. But I came in, you know, like, I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a minute. It's <laughs> oh, a fetish. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I can't imagine what it must be like to be that uber famous. That, like, if you, you know, you pick your nose or you're scratching your ass, it ends up. I, I would not want that. Well, look at what's going on, like, with fucking crazy ass Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. And Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Like, none of these kids that love her didn't know what a Kansas City Chief was. Oh, now they've all bought his jersey. So right. Kansas City, the, the 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 franchise is like, we're in the money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift is so funny. <laughs> you know. And now she went to Argentina now this week, and he went with her, and she changed the words of one of her songs about him. I'm just like... I need to fuck Taylor Swift. I, know, I was gonna say. You know what I mean? Like I'm done. Like I'm 53. I I have nothing. I have nothing. Absolutely nada. Well, you do. You're a brilliant comedian and a brilliant writer, so you do have something. Mm. 
<laughs> the clubs hate me. But anyway, but I, <laughs> but I'm teasing. I know you are, but 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 the thing is, that we came from the mentality talking about being old school. Yeah. The mentality was, and, and and there's still a lot of comics that are in that is like, I have to be at the clubs, and I have to do this, and I have to do that, and I have to have an agent, and I have to have a manager, and I have to have spots at whatever the hot club is. Right. I sold funny women of a certain age without an agent and without a manager and without a lawyer. Yeah. Me and my partner walked in. We we all we. You know, I've been in the business forever, and so I know everybody. Right. We made a list, and we said, who do we know? We started sending emails out, got a couple of meetings, and that's how we sold it. So this whole thing, that, but it's still funny that now, I mean, we were, back then, we, we were comedy store acts. We yeah. Were the comedy, we were, yeah, we're, co- we're paid for the, the comedy store. Or you were the improv act. And here, it doesn't matter anymore, because even if you don't work at a club here, there's yes. so many goddamn rooms in this city. Like, I do bar shows all the time. Oh, yeah? I'd rather do the bar shows. I do these fun, independent, underground shows right. that I'm obsessed with, because the quality of stage time is so much better. Right. The audiences are real. Mm-hmm. And it's, and like, um... Like right now, one of my favorite spots to play is Rich Chiamco's run. Oh, that the, the laugh tour the in New Jersey, in Jersey, Jersey City. City. If you're in Jersey City, it's the comedy club's only two nights a week, two shows each night, so it's four shows a weekend. It's Friday and Saturdays. It's probably the funnest room, mm-hmm. the realest crowds. Um, yeah. Rich books it beautifully. He runs it he beautifully. Runs it, he, he runs it very old school. Yeah, right. And, he does. And it's just, it flows, and, and it's wonderful, and he's delicious, and he's a wonderful host, and right. he's just such a cheerleader for everybody. And it's probably my, I would rather, and it's faster for me. You know, I live in Midtown, so. Yeah, it's so. It's fast for me to get to Jersey City. I'm there in 20 minutes to go to Brooklyn. I've done bar shows and, and underground shows in Brooklyn it took me an hour, hour and ten minutes to get to. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm in Jersey City in 20 minutes, door to door. Yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I I love it. And it's, it's a my great room. It's a great room. And it's like off the beaten path. It's a club inside of a bar that they right. built. And the bar, I love that this establishment supports the shit out of it. Oh, absolutely. They absolutely. love it and they celebrate it. And they built it and it was in an event room, which they turned it into a comedy club. It's yeah. so cute. Yeah. But those rooms are my favorite. And it's like, and I was telling Rich, I said, you know, it's it's like being in a city club because mm-hmm. it's close and it's a spot. And, but it's like being on the road at the same time. Yeah, but the, the thing about, like, it's so funny. Because the crowds are just perfect. Right. But you 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 mentioned about the city clubs. Mm-hmm. It used to matter yep. years ago when we started. Everybody had a home club. Everyone had a home club. And that's where you got discovered. Yes. Because people would come out to see you. Yep. Or they'd have a showcase or, you know, so... But nobody gets discovered at these rooms anymore. They just go on their phones and look at TikTok or Instagram reels and say what's the biggest thing. Right. And that's how they discover. They right. don't even go. I never see industry in the clubs anymore. Right. So this whole this whole myth and facade that we, when we were younger, about being in the city clubs and, oh, if I get spots at this club or if this, it doesn't mean a thing. Mm-hmm. One thing about Mitzi that was so great and, I, that, you know, we both, Christy and I were, very well treated by oh, she was so good to me but what Mitzi used to do it, it, it didn't by the time I was there it had stopped but mm-hmm. back in the day like when when it was only like four clubs in the whole country mm-hmm. she used to split the money at the main room on the weekend she always did 
she would split the money with the comics. And, right. and if it was packed, you made some fucking right. cash. So you could stay home and make a thousand dollars on a one um, for one night or yeah. a weekend in the seventies and the eighties. Now, I mean, you'd have to do thirty-five spots in one night to even make five hundred bucks. Yeah. So this whole thing about oh well, I'm in the city. Oh, I'm in the city. I'm doing the grind a lot. It's like okay. Why? Like, I, Vicky Koopman, who is a good friend of ours, yep. we have a thing we call um, um, Spots for Purpose. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I go up and do stuff is when it, is because I need to work on stuff. Yep. I've been doing this a long time. I kind of... Well, yeah, and then we're also at that age, like, you know, back in the day when we started, you had to be in the clubs every night to be seen, to work, to, to hone a craft, hone your act, get a POV sitting up. It could take right. like 10 years to develop a voice on stage, Absolutely. and then it'd take the next 10 to 20 years that 10 year span to write for that voice. Right. So it's it's a process. And now I'm at a point and you're at a point that we're like, you know, I go out and do spots that I know I need to work. I have, you know, cause like I have to write my second album. I'm a little behind because I haven't been working as much. Right. But so I start going out for certain spots cause I need to work on certain things. Right, that's exactly yeah. what I do. I, yep. When I, the old, I make my, like I did a, I did a Zoom show on Friday. And, um, and and my husband's like, why are you doing it? I said, because I'm going to, first of all, it's a Zoom show. And actually, there was a decent amount of people, like 30 people in the, on the Zoom. But I did it because I, I, I was literally there with my notes. And I went, okay, I'm going to try that joke. That, you know. yeah. I mean, I don't have to do the Carol Montgomery shtick when I'm doing a Zoom show. So I got to work out my material. Yeah. That's the only reason for me. It, you know, like so many comics, I think now are just going so they can go, oh, you know, I did eight spots this Saturday. I'm like... Why? I talked to a young Jack that's, you know, he was like eight years in at the time, seven years in. And he goes, I do, I'm doing, you know, five spots tonight. And I said, are you getting anything done? Right. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, it's great to go out and do a lot of spots. Right. I go, but sometimes it's overkill. And you burn out. Your central nervous system will shut down. Mm -hmm. And after a while, you go on autopilot. And then you start phoning it in because it's your your fifth spot of the night. And you're running around and you're tired. You're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. Like going on stage is an adrenaline rush. And you're way up here, right? Right. And you come off stage, boom, you're way down here. Right. And then you got to go to another club. You got to bring it back up. So every time you dial into that adrenaline, into that rush, that it's, it's takes a lot of energy. And when you're zapped, your central nervous system's overloaded mm-hmm. and you just kind of phone it in. And it's like, I always find out, like I told myself, you're going to start regressing as opposed to progressing because you're doing too much. Mm-hmm. Pick it, stop. Maybe do two to three right. at the most, because if you're doing five, 10 minute spots, that's great. Cause you can p- take this five minutes. I'm going to work on this. And then this five minutes, I'm going to work on this. And then this five minutes, I'm going to work on this. And now you've worked on 15 minutes of material. Right. And now you can start to piece it together. But when they do that, they just keep doing the same shit because they want to win over the audience. You know, they want to kill. They want to do their tried and true. So you really don't work on anything. Right. And it's just, and it's annoying, but it's like, so I like you know I like a good thirty minute spot. That's a nice relaxing right. warm up, and I can you know do get them all on my side, throw in a bunch of new shit, and then close big or close with something new and or whatever, however it goes. So, like for me, thirty minutes is the ideal spot. 
To me, I the less I'm the laziest. <laughs> I have to tell you, so uh, Linda Belt, who's a great comedian out, uh-huh. out of Connecticut, we were working together, and she came in. It was a club that she, uh, a theater she booked, and she asked if I could do a guest spot, and I said, Yeah, of course. You're, you know, you booked the show, and she said, When I first met you, we, we, she, uh, it was at the City Steam. She was doing a guest spot. And she asked me that question, and she and she remembered this from I forget how long she's been doing it now. Right. The, what I said to her is that the more you do, the less I have to do. Yep. And that's me. I'm the laziest comic. I know I work very hard, but if it, when it comes to like to me, I would rather do 15. Like to me, 15 is perfect. Right. Because I can I can open strong. I can put all the new shit in the middle, and then I end strong, and then I am gone. But I understand that. I mean, 30 minutes. Like that, that's why the people say the feature is the best spot when you're feature. I love if headlining like I headlined uh, Friday night uh, at an independent show in New Jersey. Right. And she goes, do 30. And I said, great. I'm like 30 is my warm up. Right. And it was so much fun. Yeah. And but I, I'm telling you, I love headlining. But let me tell you, featuring for a big ne- like when I featured for Dice. Yeah. Those I, times. Yeah. Oh, to re- there's no pressure. Oh, no, not Because they're not there to see me. Yeah. So I could just let loose and have a good time Absolutely. and just whatever happens and work on shit and oh, yeah. new things. But like even when I did my album, Brutally Yours on Apple Music, Spotify, <laughs> Amazon Music, anywhere you stream your music on music platforms. Uh, <laughs> that's my cheese plug. Uh, you know, I did it here at the comic strip live. <laughs> <laughs> But I had Teddy Smith open up for me to open the room, who's one of the greatest comics in New York. He blew, I said, just do 10 minutes. Do my two favorite bits and anything else you want to do. Right. But I need this room to fucking rock. Right. Because for me, I needed him to get them so excited. Right. That all I had to do was cut surf that wave right on in and not have to struggle and get them to like comedy again and right. you know what i mean like right. i would see headliners that don't put strong acts in front of them because they don't want to work hard because they want they not for the reasons that you do it they do it for their ego oh yeah because they want to be the pretty one well if they do mediocre then i'm gonna shine well you know you just lowered your value of your fucking oh, ticket bro but that's i mean I that's always, everybody i would always i always prefer to follow somebody killing yeah because, because i don't have to worry and then when i came out i just got to jump right into the album i did an hour and a half boom right. i didn't have to struggle to win them over to fucking build up the room and get it to where i wanted it and zhuzh them Right. You know, and it was just, it's heaven when somebody kills in front of you. I don't have, like, there's so many times, like, you know, because you, you, you know, we do the, when we do city spots, you know, a lot of these comics, no disrespect, but they're new jacks. Right. You know, they're, they're not seasoned. They don't have the girth that we have from all the fucking dragging our asses across this concrete jungle that we live in. You know, they have their, their easy way out. They have the phones to get themselves out there. So they don't have a lot of, physical performance you know or they know they don't have the joke writing and the grind that we had to go through it's a different vibe it's not bad it's just different well i remember saying to a young comic who like in your generation who have you seen recently that that has killed like like when we talk about killing in a in a when mm. somebody kills mm-hmm. watching people when they go well i think this person killed and i'm like that wasn't killing 
Like, like they I, did good. They did well. Like when people people say that to me all the time, and I'm sure they say it to you. Uh-huh. Then you killed. You killed. I'm like, I know when I did. Yeah. That day I did. I said, well. yeah, I said I did well. They loved right. me, but I didn't right. kill. Like Friday night, the girl that featured, adorable. She probably thought she killed. Oh, absolutely. They think that they did. And then I went up, and the whole I just, I just, I had to say, I, I destroyed the place. Right. And where they were screaming at the end, stay on, more, more. Right. And I got and I wanted to say, that's the definition of killing. Right. Not just getting laughs. But like you know, even you know, like when with the store, like who we used to have to oh, like my like God. when Pryor would walk in. Oh and forget he, it. He would just he would ju- you just sat back there and you just was like, I have so much to learn. Yeah, because he would just even know, prior when he was sick, when he was sick, when they would know. wheel him into the right. comedy store and put right. him on the stage, he would still and he would destroy, and people would be hanging on every word. Right, but that's but and then you're like, I gotta follow that. Yeah, but by following that, yeah, you learn how to get strong. I used to have to follow Rogan every okay. Saturday night in the main room. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, this I know this is. Uh, Regardless of what you think about Rogan, he was a great comic. He, I mean, he's I, a hell of a performer. Oh my God. I would have to, like, he would go out and do this, his bit. He used to do the lion. The lion's fucking. The lion's fucking. And yep. he would finish, and they would, people were going crazy. And then I would walk out, this little blonde, like, I look like Kathy Ridley, I had short blonde hair and everything. And, you know, I would take a breath, and I knew, and I just went right into whatever I did and, and, and rode the wave. Yeah. I would tell Mitzi in the OR, I would tell her, put me on after Mincia. All right. Put me on after Rogan. Put right. me on after right. Dice or Eddie Griffin. Whoever has that ten o'clock headline spot. Right. I want the death spot right. at ten thirty. Right. Just give me the death spot. And they usually would, they wouldn't do a half hour. They would go an hour, oh, hour course, fifteen every course, time. Of course. So after Joe Rogan humping the stool as a lion, or his J. Howard Marshall bit with Anna Nicole, which was destroy me, or Carlos Mencia just right. annihilating, and then you got to go up and follow that. Yeah. And I remember one night, it was it was great, you know, because Joe Rogan and I had a love-hate, I guess, like, you know, like a brother-sister would, right, right? right? And there'd be times we loved each other so much, and there's times that we would just want to kill each other. And I'm like, it's sibling rivalry. It is what it is. So, and I, but I love him. I love him to death. I think Rogan is amazing. He's one of the, he was one of the best performers I ever saw growing up, when I was coming up in the 90s, in the early 2000s. So... But he would, but the, the he would consistently destroy, destroy, destroy a room, and then, you know, going up after him, I would tell Mitzi, put me on after these guys, because I want to be better. Right. I want to be able yeah. to handle anything, and all of that training that Mitzi put me through right. prepared me to open for Paul Mooney and for of Dice. Of course. And now I can do. I'm not afraid of anything right. because of the gifts that Mitzi gave me. Trying, I've watched comics die after Rogan, I would, Mencia. I would watch them just, and they would crumble. And great comics, right? They didn't know what to do. They're like, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and they would just cave in. And it's right. like, do your shit, right? Take over, right? And one night, Richie, the GM, Richie Taylor, pulled me aside after my set, and I destroyed. I killed. I, I didn't destroy. I killed. Not the same. You know, after Rogan, because the energy was there, so I just wrote it and just bam, 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 and I just continued on for 15 and then got out. So it was a nice segue back to the late night of the comedy store, to regular energy comics. You right, know? right, 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 right. Rogan was an entity in himself, so it was a good segue. Like, I kind of eased everybody back in with my high energy, but it right. wasn't Rogan energy. Right. 
Right. So Richie told me one night when I got off stage, he goes, I've never seen anyone kill like that after Rogan and handle it and keep the audience going and just slowly set them back down in their seats. And I said, I'm a great follow for him and in, in the OR because I go, I'm a good, I go, I go, I'm a good palate cleanser. It's a gentle palate cleanser. <laughs> I, I, you palate cleanser. No, no. I'm sorry. That's just, that's how you know what you're talking about. Yeah. But, but that's the thing is that I, I don't, I don't know whether or not the, what a young person's version of who's killing really is apropos. I don't think they know. I really don't. I think they see. Like I see videos on the TikTok, the TikTok. and the Instagram, <laughs> because we're our fifty. I'm in my fifties now, so I'm supposed to put a the in front of everything. Yes, it's it's age appropriate. Yes. So <laughs> the TikTok, the TikTok, and I watch people laughing, and people are like, "Oh, that was such a killer," and I'm like, "Yeah, but that's you know, I mean, okay." And I've seen clips where. You know, when I put a clip up, and I see people put up clips that, like, comics will put up clips, and there's no laughs. And I'm like, what are you doing? And my favorite is the people that put up their open mic set yeah. trying to do crowd work off of open micers. And they post it. Yeah. And it's so sad. Well, can we <laughs> not, we're not the most original people when it no. comes to, like... Or sheep. Right. Most Whatever the trend is, we're going to jump. Right, because when MySpace... Now I'm really dating myself. When MySpace first came out, yep. the reason all of social media for comedians was important was because Dane Cook figured out the algorithm yep. and he became a superstar. So yep. every fucking comic went, well, I'm going to go on MySpace and I'm going to do that. And yep. that's the reason why why you, why all of this yep. is happening yep. is because this one guy made it. And nobody else has actually become a superstar from the internet the way Dane Cook did. No, and it'll never happen again. Right. Because it's been done. Like, Dane right. Cook figured it out before anybody, you know, before we knew we could figure it out. Like, I even told this to Andrew Dice Clay one night when we were in uh, Levity. And I said, you realize you cracked the code right. in the late 80s right. by selling out Madison Square Garden right. and then embarking on a world stadium tour. I go, do you understand what you did? I don't think you know yeah. because you took us from this thinking, like to clubs, yeah. maybe a theater, maybe a 1,500-seat theater. Ooh, that was big. That's big time. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're, we're like, we see dice at the garden. We're like, wait, yeah, we can do that? Yep. And now everybody, right. like Bill Burr and Kevin Hart and Chris, everybody's at the garden now. Sebastian and, no. oh, everyone's and everyone now. Like Dice cracked that code in life and performing where Dane Cook cracked it in the internet. In the internet. he, You know what I mean? Like, so like it's as corny as Dane is. Right. He did it. He did do you it. You can't deny it. You yeah. can't deny what that man figured out and how he crushed. Yeah, and that and but that's the thing is that comedians are always looking for the easier way out. You know, I've been doing stand up for over forty years and I work my ass off and the same thing with you. You know, we've worked our asses off and there was no easy way. I came up with funny women of a certain age when I was fifty nine. Yeah. I mean like and people I remember when I was talking to people. I remember when you came up with it. You right. sent me the video. What do you think of this? I'm like, it's brilliant. Yeah, but 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 other people thought nobody's gonna buy this because nobody's gonna wanna see older women doing comedy. So it, it was 
so I, but what I'm saying, but if I was 59, I started doing stand up when I was 21 years old. Yeah. So it's, there's no easy way. Now, I always tell this story to my classes because I teach stand up also. There, there, there are exceptions to the rule. I always use Pete Davidson as a great uh, exception to the rule because right. Pete started when he was a kid. Yeah. And he, he got very lucky, hit the people who managed him yep. at the comedy club. So he was getting to go on stage every, every fucking every night. Every fucking night. Yeah. And so I saw him like, I saw him, uh, he was he was average, and um, and then uh, about a year later, I ran into him at another club in the in Queens, and I watched his set, and I and I was like, wow, and I so I told him, I, I brought him over to me, I said, and he thought, of course, he was in trouble because he was afraid of me, and I said. <laughs> You got really strong. And he looked at me and he went, well, you know, I've been doing spots every single night. Like, so when you, he he basically took a 10 year of what you're supposed to be, like it takes 10 years. Yep. And was able to squish it because he had the ability. He had the support system. He had. And the key in this industry is a support system. Oh, yeah. You have to have, nobody can do it blindly without any help right. or anyone making a phone call for right. them right. Or, or, or sending something, whatever. It's, it doesn't work that way. And yeah. and it's like, you know, to see someone like that, which is great, because Pete had the support system. And he worked his ass up. I mean, like, yeah, I, no, mean, I, like I'm, I'm, I love Pete Davidson. I make fun of him, you know, right. constantly. Daily. <laughs> I see now because he's this I really feel like I'm like somebody needs to pull him aside and be like, you know, you're really good. You don't need to do all the other, you know, the the fucking the Cardassian and the who else was he? He was fucking everybody. He Ariana Grande. Right, every, right. every bitch that came on SNL, he fucked. Right, but and good for him. You're young. You've got testosterone. Do it. But but he really like you know what he, has, he got. But he got caught up in the Kardashian right thing when she hosted Saturday Night Live, and right. he got caught up in the whirlwind. Oh, absolutely. and then when he realized what he was into, he bailed. Yeah, he but fucking he, bailed. He I, was smart enough to bail. I call this. I call what happened to Pete the carrot top, carrot top syndrome. Hilarious. When I was um, when I was in Vegas, I was in Vegas for ten years, and just before we moved back to New York. Uh, uh, Carrot Top's real name is Scott. Scott had reached out to me and asked if I would be his opening act. Right. And it was like it was decent money, and I only had to do yeah. ten minutes. I was off this. I was off. I, I was on at eight. There was a clock at eight ten. I was off. I was back in my home with my child at eight thirty. But what was funny about that was the dream job. It really was a dream job. <laughs> but I would literally leave. Yeah. To go home, and so finally on like Saturday on on Friday night, he comes up to me. He goes, "Why haven't you stayed to watch my set?" I said, "Scott, I have a." A, a, I'm a baby. I have a kid at home. So he goes, well, you have to watch me tomorrow because we have two shows. And I thought, okay. And I did watch him, but right. I thought to myself, you are you have a residency and at the Luxor. You're making millions of dollars. Why do you care that some schmuck comic is sitting to watch you? But that because that's Because that's the sickness of a comedian. Right. We care more about what other comics think of us than what the audiences do. Because the audience, we don't know them. We don't have a name to a face. They're just bodies in the chairs. And there's no emotional connection to them. We love them and we appreciate them. But it's not the same as a colleague. Like, what do you think of me? You know? And and the thing about uh, Carrot Top, I I, I know that people are going to be like, no. He's actually a really good stand-up comic. Like he's has a like when I because I did watch him and right. he did his props and la 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 la. Right, right, right. In the middle of the set, he just comes out and does 15 minutes of pure stand-up, and I was like, he's funny. Yeah. And I remember saying to him, 
You know, you know what would blow everyone's mind is if you went on The Tonight Show in a suit, put your hair back up in a cap, like you walk out and you're introduced to Scott Thompson. Yep. And do that set. Yep. And it would blow it. He goes, oh, I could never do that anything about my props. And I was like, okay, but I'm, te- it would blow- I'm telling you. It would- he would get the respect that he wanted from uh-huh. comedians. Yeah. Because we used to have, like, there was an old joke at the comedy store, like me, Jimmy Schubert, all of us hanging out in the back, and a, and a semi would drive by, look, Carrot Top's writing again. Right, exactly. <laughs> that was the old gag yeah, in the, was, in the 90s. Yeah, so it, it's it's just interesting because sometimes you reach success, you re- reach that pinnacle of success, but you're still trying to, you're still trying to convince the other comics to like you. Like, one of the great... You're just, you're just still trying to get the, the, the like... You just want to hear another comic go, you're so fucking funny. Right, right, like, right. And, and, and I feel bad for Scott, you know. I think Kara, I always thought Kara, to me, I can't play with toys. Right. You know, it's not my thing, but he's brilliant at it. And yeah. that was, he found his strengths. Strength. And he fucking, listen, I would kill for residency at the Luxor. Hell, I'd work the bathroom. Anyone? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hand out towels as I do my act. <laughs> One of the things I... I posted this on the social medias, but one of the things on the socials, you know, because the current thing <laughs> that everyone thinks I made all this money from from the specials, but like I like to say, Showtime is the redheaded stepchild of cable. Yep. yep. So, um, but one of the great things to me about getting having the three specials is I don't have to prove anything anymore. Like I, I, I have the respect of my peers and I always have. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But but having those, it's kind of like my backup. Like if somebody wants to fuck with me and go, well, we don't think you're good or- Yeah, or whatever. Like, well, I have three specials and what do you have? Yeah, what do you got? Right. Yeah. That's a, but but, but the, that's the problem with, with with all of us because we all want that respect from the from yeah. our peers. Well, it's like, you know, when I did my album, Brutally Yours on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon. <laughs> 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 it never gets old people it never gets old i do it all the time so when i did the album and there was a bunch of comics here in the back that right. were supporting right and it was it was fascinating the phone calls i got the next day right like wow they were just blown away because yeah. i go you don't get to see me do a long set no way you see me do 10 minutes and what am i jerking myself off i'm yeah. saying hi it takes me a half an hour janice Massetti always says it takes you a half an hour to say hello you know oh it's true because it's like getting into it right okay. so they were like holy shit he and one of them said he was an la he's a comedy store comic my buddy matt edgar and he said the next day he texts me he goes I'm so blown away by what I watched last night. And I said, thanks, man. That really means a lot. And he's, a, you know, he's 15, 16 years in. And uh, he actually moved to Austin. He's working at the mothership, right? Oh, nice. So he's, he's loving it. And I'm so happy for him. And uh, But he goes, Miller, I hope one day I'm like that. I want, that's the kind of material I want. Like that solid of a right. fucking 90-minute set. Right. And, and it meant a lot to me and other comics. And then people sending me messages like not even so much like you know but other people in the podcast world right that have stumbled upon my album would send me a message and saying hi i have such and such but i'm a host of this and this and this how come i've never heard of you this album is fucking hysterical right and um and it means a lot of course that means that, more than it, it means more than know, the actual audience yeah and the fact that mark riccadonna sent my clip to realize records right. where he is at right and he goes you got to hear this right and that's how i got the record deal yeah i know was you know and that's the phone call 
the help. The help. Right. You know, and it's like we all need it. And it's like I always, you know, I, I'm a big component of supporting my friends and helping out. And I like I really I just want us all to win. Yeah, I mean, but that's also the other thing about being older is that when you're younger, the, you're you 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 don't have that in your heart to say, oh, let somebody. Every time somebody succeeds, I think it helps every comic. Yeah, like Taylor Tomlinson, yeah. who to me is my favorite new comic. I love her. I don't know if you. I think she's adorable. You know, and I wouldn't call her my favorite, but I think she's perfect to host late night. Right, but, but like she's, I'm like, yes, that's the face. That's Perfect. Well, what when I say favorite, I'm talking about favorite of the of, of the new Jacks. Yeah, Jacks. She is, she's she's just she's good. She works hard. She's lovable. She has that sweet. She has a great team behind. Yeah, she's a great team. Yep. Um, but and, and because I know that one of the things you're going to ask me about is about like, what's the yeah. So yeah, we'll get to that because we're we're gonna wrap up anyway. Yeah, but 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 she, she she's the she to me. She's worked her, you know, she's good at what she does and she works really hard at it. She's fantastic. I yeah. think she's terrific. Yeah. I am, when I saw that, I went, yeah. 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 Her but I was, but, but, the, what, but, oh, that's right. But when the younger, like, what about me? I'm funnier than her. Right. I'm prettier than her. And it's like, you know yeah. what? Yeah, but maybe you. Yeah. But this is, it, it's Taylor's time. Like I said, she worked her ass off. Yeah. I didn't know her coming up. I know a lot of people said she's very sweet. She has a great team behind her. And and be happy for her because when someone like when someone like Taylor makes it, it, it makes it open for all of us because they go, oh, look, look at this comedian. Yeah, she's Doing pretty. It. She's funny. She's a woman. Right. And she's handling it. I right. like this. Right. You know, and right. it's like, you know, I watched one of her specials a couple years back adorable yeah. and i'm like who is this girl right and i watched it i'm like she's terrific yeah. i know i could tell i could because you know we've been in it so long you can always tell how old a comic is right in, in game and i'm like oh okay she's not too long into it because i can hear the green but i could also hear the fact that she's a comic right. you know i can hear the writing i can hear her really grinding these jokes out not just like and eh, look how pretty i am and then um, uh, the other one, which was so funny, somebody posted uh, a civilian, not a comedian, about Nate, Nate Bogatze because he hosted right. SNL. I didn't want. I need to watch it. I heard he destroyed he it. Destroyed it. He destroyed it. He actually yeah, did. literally destroyed. Um, but somebody, a civilian, said, "Oh, he was lazy by doing because he did his stand-up." I said, "Well, what? He's lazy. Every other just because you don't know, just because he's not Chappelle or Bill Burr, you're expecting a new, someone who who's getting getting the biggest break of his life to to just do just do writing that the staff of SNL wrote. Well, then he, everyone will think he sucks because they really do not do good sketches. So they're gonna no. just write his piece. Why don't why not write? How about here's a dude that found the loophole in stand-up in the hierarchy of how you're supposed to make it right fucking did broadway right took his act to broadway what 10 years ago yep. something like that yeah and was selling out broadway shows for years yeah funny as fuck but you know comics and like, they don't okay. notice that like oh that's not real comedy <laughs> nate is hilarious it's like another it's like another version of what's his face um jeff Foxer. No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So uh, the Southern. Spanish guy, uh, the one-man show. Oh, oh Leg Leguizamo. Leguizamo, yeah. God, yeah. I'm so bad with memory. 
Uh, but but yeah, but but the same thing. And I and it was so funny. And, and I, I I even posted this on the social medias. I said I am thrilled for Nate Bargatze. I'm so jealous that he got to meet Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. Right. <laughs> That's all I want to do is I just want to hang out with Dave Grohl. So the fact that that was what I was jealous about. I right. care less that he holds it that right. time. But it is interesting. It's like guys. Between Nate and Taylor, because they, the, the, you know, it happened around the same time. That's good for us. Yes. That makes everybody go, hey, there's a new group of comedians coming up. Hey, let's go and see what who hasn't we haven't seen yet. We we know all these guys. These guys are tired. We've seen enough. Oh look, there's other comics in New York City. Let's right. go look at them. No, I love it. I'm all about it. Yeah, I yeah. want everybody to win. I'm, I'm. Me too. You know, even coming up, I was one of the rare ones. I would step aside and let somebody else take the glory because I was, yeah. I wanted them to win. Right. And I kind of, I had, a, I had this conversation with Dice one time. We were on, we went to Florida to do a show, and I said, you know, I was too nice. Yeah. I wanted everybody to win, and I forgot about myself. Yeah. I go, now I'm old, cranky, bitter. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> sort of happen. Old, cranky, and bitter. That's my porn name now. Yeah. Old, cranky. I'm, I'm cranky, cunty, bloaty, bitchy Barbie. <laughs> and on that note, I love to end the show with these two questions. Yes. Uh, my first question is, because we always have, everybody has that one thing by from a comic that they've heard. I'm like, fuck. And I have a ton of them. Um, is there a comic a bit is done? that you saw and you went, fuck, that's brilliant. I wish I had written that. Well, we mentioned Taylor and he just did a bit on, um, she said that guys, and I'm going to totally butcher the joke. So basically that guys, um, when uh, with condoms, uh, having a guy put on a condom is, is what is like watching a little, uh, a kid who has to put his coat over his Halloween costume. Fucking and she did the hilarious thing, thing with the kid going. You can't see it. Like I was laughing so because I I just I follow. Oh, it was such a great. I was like, oh, I. I that's it was such a great. Oh, twist. that's a great. It's a great twist. So I love that. Funny. Oh, right. Right. I mean, that's and you, and funny. You see the clip because I totally butchered it. No, but that I can see her. But uh, premise was was great. Genius I, premise. I thought, I thought, and you know, of course, anything Pryor did, you know, like yeah. you know, to me. Um, when he talks about, you know, his heart attack on, on that first movie. Uh, oh, my God. Movie no genius. Is, I still, I, I, I see, I watch it, and I know it's coming, and I still fall off the floor. That's how you know it's a great piece. If you can watch something over and over and over again, and you know what the punchline's going to be, that and, yep. and you still laugh, that's yep. a great piece. Bernie Mac does that to me. Yes. Bernie Mac, I know all his shit, and I watch it, and I'm still screaming laughing. Yeah. Like, I'm not going, wow, that's funny. Oh, no, no. That's funny. No, but I'm still a fan of comedy. I'm a rare comic. I am a huge stand-up comedy fan. So if you're on stage and you're, I'm going to laugh. You always, Everybody always tells me you know, at the comedy store, they're like, oh, Christy's in the main room. I can hear her from yeah. that way. You know, they always knew where I was by my laugh. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, if, if, if I'm watching... You hear, ah, <laughs> did the ship just come in? Are there ducks in the Yeah, I'm the same. black. I, I yeah. But I, I, I do, I still enjoy, and if someone is good, yeah, I'm, I'm, I will laugh. I want to, you know, I like to hear the rhythm and how the jokes are set up, but I also like to enjoy the routine. Oh, entertainers. of course. And finally. Yes. Everybody has the, their favorite. Everybody has their go-to street joke. What is your go-to street joke? Okay, well, I was thinking about this, and mm-hmm. I don't actually have a street joke, but I, okay. I want to tell you. <laughs> don't worry. Um, last week's episode, Rob Bartlett had 17, so okay, good. he might have did yours. <laughs> but I, 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 
I, I want to tell you the first joke I ever wrote. Can I do that instead? Oh, I'd love that. No, but it, this is great. It, it, this is like I was eight. Hey, you know what? Judy Gold did a bit one time about the first joke she ever wrote on stage. Uh-huh. And that the dyslexia in Central Park and the dyslexic girl, the dyslexic Indian girl had the dot on the back of her head. Ah. And it was so dumb. But the way Judy Gold gives a joke, I'm screaming, you know. So but so for back in the day, um, the homeless people were not called homeless people. They were called bums. Yeah. Okay. Agabons, bums. Bums. Yep. So whenever we would drive into the city, mm -hmm. we would go past the Bowery, and that's where they all were. Yep. Bums. And, yep. you know, we would say. So I wrote a joke. Why are are bums so religious? Why? Because they are so holy. Because they have holes in there. <laughs> I was eight. I know. I was eight. That was my first joke. Because they are so holy. I thought that was such a fine. And I remember telling it to my dad. I was. <laughs> my father's like, oh, we're in trouble. We are done. We are in trouble. <laughs> that's my. That's the. I love it. I I got. I've gotten better since then. Just to let everybody. Yeah, that's her closer, by the what? way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my love. I love, uh, I love you to death. And uh, so tell everybody where they can find you on the socials I and plug some shows. Okay, yeah. Um, you can follow me on, uh, on TikTok, um, uh, uh, Carol Montgomery Comic on Instagram, Facebook, Carol Montgomery, um, funnywomenofacertainage.com has all of our show dates, carolmontcomby.com also has stuff. But the big deal that we're excited about, a couple of things, mm -hmm. uh, that we're, we're finishing up our residency at the Crane right. in New York City. If it wasn't for the Crane, uh, there would be no funny women of funny women of yeah. age because they supported us from the beginning. Uh, the last show, because the Crane is closing, is December 13th? I don't sure. know. Be I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> yep, December 13th at the Crane on the Lower East Side, 85 East 4th Street. Miss Christy Miller will be on the show. I will be on the show. Leanne Lord, Vanessa Holland said, Shelly Coleman, Kat Yesbeck. It's going to be an amazing show. But then I, I do want to plug something for the future. In uh, January 20th, mm -hmm. uh, we are doing a Funny Women of a Certain Age show um, at the Robbins Theater in Warren, Ohio with Marsha Warfield. Mama. I'm so excited. And Vanessa Holland said, but I'm so excited. I, you know, Marsha was on off the I know. I know. Could not have been... She's the queen. She's so great. She yeah. absolutely she's so wonderful. Queen. So so real and so you know what's so funny about celebrities and of course you know like you said like you're good friends with Dice and people think of him as celebrity but he's really just a great guy. Just Andrew. You understand her. But every celebrity that's done my show, they always are the most genuine human beings I've ever met. Well, it's also the energy you put out, you attract, yeah. and you know I've over the years I've been able to do your show twice. Yep. And uh, we did the crane years and years ago, and then city winery, and then city winery, yeah. and but the the people that come to the shows, and the people that want to do the shows are just really, you know, it's just it's a supporting, loving environment, and I don't think anyone that comes to do your show could not be that way. Well, right. you know, it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've had some celebrities asked to be on it and I, and I was like oh, we can't you know I, I don't I, I, I it's a no drama zone for me I yeah do not. I want fun 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 support love yeah laugh at each other support each other yeah we're a family and yeah. we're all we got so yeah. we have to stick together and together you know yeah 
So that's the one that I'm really excited about because Marsha's going to, you know, oh, Marsha's going to destroy it. She wanted to join the show and we were finally able to get a date that worked for her. So, I, so I'm thrilled about that. But yeah, and then, you know, I, we're going to... We're lo- there's a bunch of other TV projects that, you you know, I, yep. ha- I hate to say this because it sounds so cliche, but now that we're a brand, <laughs> but we have other projects and, uh, you know, it yep. is a brand. So, yep. so you know, and, and, and the most important thing about it and why y- you like it too is, you know, it's we're lifting up women because, you know, people, there, so many men have come up to me and gone, why don't you do men of a certain age? I said, you know why? Because Jim Gaffigan doesn't need my fucking help. And B, they already had it. Right. So every, every show. <laughs> right. So it's like, why can't I just try to help my friends? Because that's really, in the end, that's all I want to do is I yeah. want, I just, I, yeah. I, I just want everyone to, to work and I want to, I want to make the women shine. So yep. come to a show. Come, if you can, come December 15th, because that's going to be the show. Because it's the last time we're yeah, at the, the crane. It's going to be a big blowout. Yes, it is. And uh, that's so sad they're closing. But thank you, doll, for being thank here. Thank you. This is great. This is fun. Hi, everybody. Right, so this is another episode of Old School New School Comedy Podcast. Don't forget to follow the show at Old School New School Comedy on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram as well, Christy Miller Comedy. And you can follow her at Carol Montgomery Comic. And uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the show. We love you.